0: Yes, folks. It's Thursday,
1: 2 p.m. Pacific. I'm Fred McMurray, back from vacation with the grandkids. This must be. <laughs>
2: Hey,
3: happy Friday
4: Eve. Happy Friday Eve. I can't believe it's already Friday Eve. Oh,
5: well, I can't either because I have a full week's worth of work to do in just a day and a half. And why is that, Kristen? Well, Ray and I have been gallivanting around Nashville. for wow. <laughs> yeah, We had our neighborly um, convention, our reunion, as they call it, in that. Uh, arena, and it was absolutely fabulous. Did you learn lots of good stuff? You know what's funny is I think that um, people who are in a franchise system for a while, um, often, and not all, but some often, a majority sometimes often, does that makes sense? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> tend to think that, oh, you know, I go every year. What could I possibly learn? And so they don't go. And a lot of times, even when you go, and even though maybe you go over the same thing, they're presented a little more effectively, a little differently. Maybe your business has changed, gone through some transitions, certainly coming out of COVID, right? Everybody's business has changed a little bit. And even if it's the same information, you come back with this renewed sense of energy, mm-hmm. kind of a sharper focus on things that maybe you kind of let go by the wayside. Maybe the corners get rounded off a little bit more, and you, then you come back
4: laser-focused, right? And yeah. so um, it was really well, interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you've you been around for 15 years, and Molly made, and been, been doing this. And yep. it can become old hat, and you can get sort of to where you're just coasting through. But you got excited. You were texting me throughout the week, like, okay, we need to talk about this. Okay, we need to have that person on the show. Okay, here's something they were talking about that I haven't thought of. I never even heard of this guy. Why don't I know this person? You know? (laughs) And so you were clearly getting energized by the experience, even after 15 years, right?
5: Yeah. And I think, you know, um, so we've talked about this on the show multiple times, and Um, A couple of things I'm going to point out, and we're going to really talk about it as a panel, because interestingly enough, in the last week or so, Karen has gone to her convention, I went to mine, and Jerry went to his. Mm -hmm. And so we've got a lot of renewed energy, a lot of great new ideas that we're going to talk about. But um, in my portion this week, um, being a part of the neighborly group now, there were 4,000 people there from all different brands. And so the number of people that I met was really quite amazing. And I will tell you the most rewarding thing that I had happened. Um, Ray and I had people come up to us and say, hey, we just want to let you know that when we were researching franchises, we found you and checked you out on Pillars of Franchising. And it was so cool. It's such a great show. And we just want to thank you for throwing information out there. And it really helped us. Somebody was telling us how much they enjoyed learning about the FDD, Mm -hmm. talking about the validation process. And it was funny because Ray and I were talking about kind of a dark subject before this one couple came up to us. And I said, well, you know, let's just get through this and we get back. We'll, we'll go have lunch and talk about it. And when the couple walked away, Ray goes, oh, my gosh, I feel tingly
4: inside. Yeah. <laughs> I well, that's so exactly laughing. why we're doing what we're doing, right, is to yeah. help people who and, and help them not make the same mistakes that a lot of people make when they become a new franchisee. So. I think that feedback also is energizing for you, right? Yeah, and I
5: think people have to understand, I mean, we were fortunate enough to be in a larger brand. We had Damon John, who is the founder of FUBU, also on the Shark Tank. He was our keynote speaker who has an amazing story um, of somebody who just has great perseverance. Not all brands are going to be able to pull in somebody like that. Um, But I think it's important if you're a franchisee out there and convention is coming share your ideas or your thoughts or your wants or your needs with your franchisor, because if you have those, probably other owners do too, so that when you go to convention, it's not a colossal waste of time. You want to make sure that they're addressing issues. Sometimes it's p issues. Sometimes it's KPI issues. Sometimes it's recruiting issues. Um, but make sure that those conventions, those agendas, serve you, the franchisee, so that it helps you grow and come back again with a new energy and a new focus.
4: Absolutely. And we're going to dig a little deeper on the value of that kind of thing and the value of community within your brand uh, later in the show. But first, we're going to introduce our guests. Before that, though, I want to remind you that if you have questions for any of the Tillers team or our guest who is a, a newer brand um, that you may have a lot of questions about, you may not have heard of them yet, uh, call 323-580-5755, and we will do our best to answer your questions. But up next, we have a great, exciting brand for you. All right, Vincent, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for
1: having me. Great right, to be part of we, your podcast.
4: Yeah, we're excited to talk to you and learn all about your um, your brand. But before we get to that, I want to um, give a little intro to our audience so they know what we're talking about. This is Vince Stenata. He's the uh, VP of Franchise Development for Bread Zeppelin, which is the coolest name ever of a franchise, <laughs> I think. Um, and they got started when Tony Sharhan and Andrew Sholkoff, found themselves um, working for high-end specialty food concepts in Dallas and while connecting over beer discussed ways to improve the humble sandwich as many businesses do get started talking over beer right um, they talked about how the local marketplace was lacking energy and bread Zeppelin was born just the name alone provides energy we get a, a good idea in our heads right so they went to work crafting their vision so are in Texas um, they've caught on like wildfire. Their stores are doing really, really well. And now they are moving into the franchise space. So Vincent has experience in strategic business development and operations, um, proven experience leading a company from startup to expansion, and ultimately uh, the sale to a strategic buyer. So he's got the ins and outs of all the businesses covered. Um, he is currently working for Bread Zeppelin in their franchise development system. And so Vincent, welcome to the show. We can't wait to hear more about Bread Zeppelin.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, the name is really our signature product, which is a a baguette made in the French tradition, real ingredients, and it's hollowed out and filled with your choice of a chopped salad. So resembles an airship. And so the name Bread Zeppelin was born. And it's, as you pointed out, really catchy and just a great brand. Uh, Lucky to be a part of it.
5: I thought I had to do with Led Zeppelin for crying
1: out loud. <laughs> well, I guess we're referencing the same company, the airship company. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, guys, like all about rock and roll. This is kind of a cool concept.
1: Well, we're still very cool. and <laughs> <laughs> They're rocking um, and
4: rolling in their uh,
1: dough.
4: sandwich space. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's cool. not really a sandwich, is
1: it? No. So, you know, we, we call ourselves a chop salad company. And, you know, like most concepts, you can get it in a bowl or in this very unique format, which is the Zeppelin, the hollowed baguette. Mm
5: -hmm. What I think is really cool about this is that um, not only are you truly an emerging brand, right, Um, but that it is, and you're in a, a very busy QSR space for quick serve restaurants. But one thing that we know is that the that space, happens to be fairly recession-proof. You guys have been around since 2019. Tell us a little bit how your corporate stores made it through uh, the pandemic.
1: Yeah, so the pandemic was, it was really tough for us just because we do not have, you know, a drive-through format, uh, so we rely on the guests to come in. Um, At that time when the pandemic really um, hit, um you know, third-party delivery platforms were obviously a thing and a well-established trend, but, you know, wasn't as big a part of a business as it turned out to be. So, right. um, you know, we like to think that uh, we used our time wisely during the pandemic to really optimize the business and first and foremost to cater to the customer and allow them to use Bread Zeppelin in the ways that they wanted to, which primarily at that point was pickup, delivery, um, so we, uh, integrated with all the main third party delivery, uh, providers, uh, we launched a new branded app that also offered delivery through our branded experience, um, and loyalty functionality so that our, you know, core users could, uh, have that. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been just, just optimizing every facet of the business ever since. So I think we really embodied the saying, uh, you know, challenges are an opportunity.
5: Is this, um, because of this, are you considering, I know obviously it's not a super huge point of entry at this point in terms of cost, but are you considering or
1: will you consider incorporating drive-throughs
5: at some of your future locations?
1: That That is one of my pet projects. So just to frame our strategy, we're looking to develop the DFW Metroplex ourselves with corporate stores and find uh, franchise partners in you know strategic markets outside of BSW, for now in Texas and surrounding states, um, but one of um, our next uh, units that we will build um, will definitely be a drive-through and test that model out, uh, see what it can do. I think you know there there's good reasons why when fast casual concepts try it and get it mm-hmm. to work, that ends up being all they want to build. Right, right. Well
5: if Panera Bread can do it. I don't know why you can't, do it, right? I mean I never thought they never thought they would come out with that concept, but sure enough they've got it and it surprises me every time. So excellent. So do you want to talk a little bit about uh, what you're looking for in a franchisee for your model?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, we're as you pointed out, we're an emerging brand, young company, so small team wearing many hats. At the same time, we really want to be a great franchisor to our franchise partners and what what we think that means is looking for franchise partners that do have restaurant experience so they're they're not relying on us the franchisor to really teach them how to run a restaurant. They already know that either through their current operations, if they're a franchisee of another brand or past experience if they recently you know uh, um uh left a company or um uh, uh, or, or sold their own, you know, small chain. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so we're looking for those candidates that either want to add us to their existing portfolio or have that experience and want to uh, be kind of an early adopter of an emerging brand.
5: Mm-hmm. And what would you say, because you're an emerging brand and then you, you preface kind of having a smaller team of things, what
1: type of support would you have in place for your franchisees at this point? Um, So, I think what we don't have in numbers of people, we make up with with experience and and passion. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, really complete. I think, you know, certainly I have a very analytical background and was involved in the real estate development side of um, previous uh, previous companies. And that's a key part. Uh, So, you know, you can have the best brand, but in a tough location, it's going to be tough to make it work. So, we're very involved in that process. Uh, making sure that we find with with our franchise partners the ideal locations. Um, And then have, you know, through opening our own corporate restaurants and going through that experience, um, very easy kind of project management tools to follow to build that restaurant. And then, you know, also on the back of our operations and, you know, all my operations colleagues are also involved in the franchise side of the business. So they will provide the training uh the opening assistance and the ongoing uh um, operations support a very exciting development for us which for a small company like us is is, uh, a big milestone is we hired our first marketing agency this year so really buttoning up our social media strategy all the tools um the collateral you know even the just grassroots marketing which is the bread and butter of most brands getting all of that buttoned up, the new store opening package, um, and so being able to provide that support as well.
5: Well, we're marketing you by using uh one of your stores as our background right now. I don't know if you can see it, but... <laughs> oh,
1: that's right. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs>
4: Courtesy of friend. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's our,
4: our, our creative producer back there trying to get it in there.
1: Yeah, so- I can tell <laughs> that's our franchise partner's location.
4: Oh, okay. That's what that is. Uh So tell me, you know, this is not an easy role you have taken on in a very new brand in a very young stage. So what about this drew you in and was exciting to you? And what about it do you think will be exciting to someone, you know, in a a very small and micro-emerging brand? You're going to need some people who kind of already have the lay of the land, right? A little bit more experience in franchising in general and a little bit more knowledge. so, why, what about your brand drew you in, and what do you think will draw others in, and what differentiates you from your comp- competition?
1: Yes. So, you know, me personally, um, I, was, I was looking for um, a company that was led by great people. That's, you know, first and foremost. And I've had the fortune of knowing Troy and Andrew uh, for many years. We actually went to high school together uh, wow. here in Dallas, Texas. Um, And so for me, being part of a company that was led by people that I really trust and believe in was really important. Um, And also, you know, it does come down also to the unit level performance. That's a huge component. That's obviously a component that our prospective franchise partners will look at. And that was really compelling, especially when viewed through the lens of so many things have not yet been optimized. and, And yet we're seeing these levels of performances. So that was really, uh, really enticing. And I thought that with my background, um, I could make the most impact on a company at this stage and, you know, be the person that wears many hats um, and uh, is able to structure these different departments, the real estate, the uh, the franchise development, um, and get our company growing.
5: A lot of people today are looking for um,
1: franchises that are,
5: Either semi-absentee or absentee ownership. Is your model something that lends
2: itself to that?
1: We don't think so. Um, one, because as we spoke earlier, the you know the the the, uh, the way our team is structured is not structured in a way to. You know, teach someone from zero how to run a great restaurant. Uh, But also, we see that the successful examples of restaurant owners out there are people that are involved, uh, and maybe if not in the day-to-day operations, if they have a strong operating partner, they're still involved in growing the brand in their community. Um, You know, being part of events. um, You know, letting letting all their neighbors know, etc. And so, I think that's a key part of what we're looking for, because it 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 is just the more successful model. Excellent.
5: And obviously the one thing everybody wants to know is, can you tell us about what the franchise fee is and what you require in Liquid Capital to get one of these started?
1: Yes, so it is 40,000 per restaurant. Um, At this time, with a few exceptions for strategic small markets, we're looking for development agreements of three or more. Um, And so it's the first whole fee plus 50% deposit of the subsequent units. Um, The franchise royalty is 5%. And we're looking for liquid capital of $300,000 per restaurant. Um, And, you know, we feel that gives uh, really the franchise partner um, everything they need to always play on offense and get the restaurant started off the ground uh, the right way.
4: so what is your strategy for expansion i know your corporate locations are all in texas i think your first franchise location you said is going to be houston that's right Uh, and so what are you going to work from texas out do you have strategic areas across the country that you want to target or you have you even got to that yet
1: Uh, yeah so we've gone to the first phase which you know we want to prove to ourselves that we are that we can be a great franchisor and so Let's prove that closer to home before Mm -hmm. we go out in California, you know, New York and other, which are outstanding markets. uh, But we're really looking at Texas and surrounding states for that Mm -hmm. reason. Um, Now, if we engage in the conversation with an outstanding operator or group where we really see eye to eye and values and, and all the relevant pieces, we will, of course, have that conversation about markets outside of of these, but we're actively putting our resources into growing in Texas and surrounding states.
4: Awesome. Yeah, a plan, but leave room for for uh, alternatives, right? That's you right. Don't set anybody amazing out.
6: So, exactly.
4: Vincent, how how should our audience reach you if they are interested in learning more about bread Zeppelin?
1: Well, our website is a great place to get to, you know, the high level information. So breadzeppelin.com from there, you can see the franchise specific page, franchise.breadzeppelin.com. Um, you know, we have an email address, uh, which is franchise at um, And all of those are great ways to uh, reach, uh, reach us and get a conversation going.
4: Great. Well, we thank you so much for being on the show. We would love to have you back another time as things grow and as you begin expanding. Um, so keep us posted
1: on you. Um, what you
4: all are up to. All the best, except to you. Thank
1: Absolutely. you both. It was great being part of your show. I appreciate it. And now, hey
6: franchise today? owners, how is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westbine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or com. Hey, Laura, welcome. Thank you. Good to see you.
5: Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. How are things going in your little corner of Chicago?
7: No, things are going well over here. Lots of folks interested in different franchises. I got a Phoenix salon one I just did and another one, uh, you know, people are, people are just coming in, so it's exciting. That's great. What kind of
5: great advice are you giving them? <laughs>
7: uh, well, I think it's really important you know, that they think about all the different aspects. Um, Franchising is is comprehensive, right? They can't just ignore uh, a certain part of it. So we try and make our, our, you know, planning meeting as very comprehensive as we can as well. Yeah, absolutely.
5: And so what kinds of things do you tell them to look for or to
2: expect?
7: Well, I think that, you know, they have to expect that it is their own business, right? You know, just like Vincent was saying, um, you know, depending on the type of franchise that you're buying into, you have to know what their identity is, what their expectations are of their franchisees, right? Is it something where they wanna do it, you know, almost turnkey? Um, Or is it something where, you know, you're gonna have to really be more of an owner operator? Um, And neither one of those is bad or good, it, it just is what it is. Uh, sure. You have to make sure that your interests align with theirs um, and that they, you know, continue to roll things out, whether it's R&D, training, new marketing, new advertising. Um, you know, even when I talk to my franchise or clients, right? Um, you know, sometimes people are like, well, you know, should they pay me, you know, if I roll that out? And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess you could ask them to, but also, you know, they pay royalties so that way. You will right. come up with new and cool things. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, point counterpoint, right?
5: <laughs> well, every everybody wants somebody else to pay, right?
7: Ah, and, that's the truth, right? <laughs> but
5: the reality is, there is an obligation, right? And, and it kind of works both ways, but there is an obligation for the franchisor to continue to help um, their franchisees grow and
7: be successful, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, franchising is, you know, a partnership. Uh, it's not, you know, legally a partnership in that definition, but one can't do it without the other, right? So.
5: I know we were, I was listening to a show this morning about um some of the franchise fees, and I think what a lot of people don't realize is that sometimes including those franchise fees, um, if they break it out for you, includes your, like, onboard training. It includes your onboard training It includes your opening supplies,
7: right? There are some things that are included in there.
5: I think people need to be educated on what that actually
7: includes. Yeah, that, that is important. Um, you know, it used to be maybe 10 or even 20 years ago that um, when you looked at the franchise disclosure document, the FDD, that, you know, there might just be one number, right? And it would be, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. And that was the whole thing. Right. You know, right. you didn't have any other initial ease um, and something that's changed, I would say, over the the last same period, that 10 or 20 years, um, is the the rise of people who help uh, people find franchises. Right. And so now, um, you know, and it's a good thing, really. It's a good thing yeah. to have someone I like who help. <laughs> right but you know you do get paid for your services and again this is all about everybody wants somebody else to pay right right and so now because they didn't want to give up all you know against let's say that the fee is 30 percent of the initial franchise fee okay Okay. so now they break it out right so you might have a forty thousand dollar initial franchise fee plus a different fee that's five thousand dollars for initial training plus another different fee that's $2,000, you know, for site selection assistance. And right. and you will still end up at, you know, the same 50, 60, whatever, but because it's all in little pieces, um, one is because of that impact of having the brokers involved, but also I think that it's somewhat easier for the franchisee candidate to understand, right? They can say, okay, you know, yeah, training is worth five grand. I mean, I would say training is worth more than five grand, but that's the price Absolutely. that they've chosen to allocate. Um, and so, you know, there, you do have to be careful, um, when you're looking at that because unless you're being careful, you might not realize that those costs are not just that one initial fee. Yeah. Yeah.
5: And, and do you find that most franchisors have, um, in their contract that there are requirements to attend, say, convention or ongoing training?
7: Yeah, absolutely. And those are really important, um, you know, pretty much every franchise disclosure document, every franchise system will require um, that the franchisee attend the, you know, annual or whatever periodic uh, conference and ongoing training, certainly. Um, but there's also, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that goes on, right? You know, mm-hmm. other interim trainings. Like, you know, I have a, a new franchisor that we just launched and, um, you know, they will be, whenever they roll out new, their restaurant, so if they roll out, you know, a new um, you know, let's say a family special, right? And, right. you know, the people have to do a short, but it is a required training to know yes. about the prep and, you know, the servers have to know how to talk about it. Uh, and, you know, if, if their managers miss, you know, the training, um, if, if they can get penalized, you know, it's sure. really important that everybody is speaking the same language. Everybody is up to speed on what the offerings are. Um, yes. so yeah, it's, it's critical, you know, for those, um for the actual conferences or conventions right like you were at there is usually some kind of fee to attend right in some brands it might be 200 and other brands it might be a thousand um, and then you also have your own travel right you know for staying at the hotel or the airfare etc cetera. Um, but they usually do negotiate you know some kind of reduced rates for that as well Sure. Yeah. And
5: I think the one thing people have to understand is when you go, oh, my gosh, and it's this much for that and this much for that. But a lot of work goes into putting those things together. And I'll tell you, you know, there's a big difference during um, COVID. There was one that I chose not to attend because things are still kind of hot. Not really anything. you. I did not feel comfortable going. Um, but I really felt like I missed a lot not being there. Um, and now this year, you know it was very exciting. We learned about a new platform for hiring and retention. and we learned about all the new stuff that's up and coming. And I just think that if people don't um,
7: first of all, you're satisfying your
2: your
5: franchise
3: uh, agreement right you your, your <laughs> compliance. right yeah, oh, I mean
7: it's a good start. <laughs> yeah, and I
5: wonder you know how do, what recourse does the franchise will have
7: because I know people who haven't gone in years. Ah, so when sometimes in the newer franchise agreements, um, they will say that regardless if you attend, okay, you know, one, it is still you're, you know, in default if you don't attend, but even if you don't attend, um, then you still have to pay the 600 or a thousand or whatever because, you know, they've done their own estimates um, and they don't want everybody else to have to pay for the people who didn't come, right? Yeah. So it becomes kind of like, well, I'm going to get charged, you know. $600 $600 anyway, I may as well just go. Um, and, and so, you know, I mean, I don't know that the franchisors are, are really going out of their way to um, penalize people for yeah. not going to the conference. But mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, you know, they do want people there. Um, you will hear yeah. about it, right? If you don't go. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, listen,
5: I really appreciate you taking the time to um, go through this with us, and I think it's really important. Those are points of the FDD that that people have to understand. Um, You know, it's not – there's a lot to it. There's a lot of different sections that you have to read, but your obligations and theirs to you when it comes to training and coaching and ongoing development, um, those should not be skipped past.
7: Yeah, absolutely, because it's a long-term relationship. It's not just a year or two years. It's frequently five, 10, even 20 years. Yeah. Uh, So you really need that to continue. Yep, yep.
5: Okay, very good. Well, thank you again so much, Laura. We really appreciate your feedback, and we look forward to seeing you again next week.
7: Absolutely. Talk
5: to you soon.
4: Thank you. As usual, thank you for joining Pillars of Franchising. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, We want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can find them on the college's website. Also, Franchise Show 247, which can be found at franchiseshow247.com. And we couldn't do it without our sponsors, and we appreciate their support. Don't forget, we love to have call-in guests. Our number to call in is 323-580-5755. That is 323-580-5755. If you have questions for our guests or for any of our million dollar mentors, we welcome you to call in at any time on the show. We will do our very best to answer your calls. Stay tuned, more coming up.
3: Hi, uh oh, Jerry. <laughs> I <laughs> see partly part of Jerry, yeah. Wrong
0: way, there. Fred. Does, Fred doesn't love me. He, he's, oh, there. Hey, all right.
5: Getting the well, right one and going a, the wrong way. There, oh, there you sorry. go. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> oh, too funny. Hey, so let's talk about. Everybody here has been to uh, conventions
2: in the yes. last yeah. so.
5: And and Karen, I want to start with you because you have some of the most exciting news
3: of everybody about your team. Tell us what happened with your team. I do. Well, our team, we knocked it out of the park this past year. You know, there are just certain years where you do well, other years where you struggle a little bit. Well, this past year, we totally knocked it out of the park. We, um, our sales consultant was the number one sales consultant in the world. Yeah. How cool is that? Our franchise was in the top 10 in the world. And remember, where did Chicago land? So it's yep. not like we've got a lot of territory. So that was really, really fun, and we had several trainers who won a wow, a wow award for uh, for their training. So we we really uh, raked in some good some good stuff, and it was a great time to celebrate success. That's awesome. That's leadership. Thank you. Yeah, and a great team. Awesome, Jerry. <laughs> so, how about you? What happened over a great flip?
0: Well, I'll tell you what, those conventions are life-affirming and energizing and all kinds of other descriptive phrases I can use, you know. uh, We had, and you'll know, you'll remember this, we had Venus Flygirl Armar Armar on as one of our speakers, and she is a rock star that really uh, spoke at the level of the general managers and the managers with her background and them being primarily women, uh, many of them single moms and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh they took tons of notes they're ready to go back and own the world uh they won some prizes they got to dress up and uh, do their thing and i mean uh it, it was a lot of money for us to spend as a franchisee to take them but we right. will get back that back many times over because of the results that we get with them coming back actually just got my hair cut this morning see i'm looking real pretty Yes, and the lady that cut it was one of our general managers who went up there and that's all she wanted to talk about. She was so excited. She had plans of passing that information along to her teams yeah. so that she could win more awards next year and be on stage more often. And I mean that's what that makes it fun, right?
3: Yeah, Gary, yeah. yeah, you know, you bring up a really
5: good point and, and Elizabeth and I were talking about it earlier today, um, about that energy, right? And I think that so many people overlook the power of going to one of those. And even if it's all old stuff, right, you do get this renewed energy. And I I advise some of the people that were new this year at our convention, you know, you've got books and books that you're just taking notes like crazy. And I said, just when you go back, though, don't try to implement everything at one time. Right. It's, it's like eating an elephant. Take two or three things, get those rolled out, two or three things, like, because your staff's going to freak out, right? Like, you try to change everything overnight, A, you won't be successful, B, you're going to freak them all out. So
3: exactly. that, that's yeah, not a good number. It's like, don't take every idea back. You Pick a few back, right?
5: <laughs> right. And Karen, do you find that if you come back and you're like, woohoo, hair
3: on fire, they're like, what is going on? Exactly, exactly. And I was tough because, you know, a lot of times, too, you know, we had where someone who was newer would be like, oh, I like that idea. Okay, let's talk about that. you kind of have to talk through the ideas too because some will work some might not work as well but you can maybe adjust the ones you think might not work but it's great having that having that discussion and not trying to do everything but do a few things
0: right well karen makes a great point and uh, sometimes we don't identify the ideas that aren't going to work proactively sometimes you know especially if you're in in our case Uh, A general manager shoes and she wants to change the world she wants her team to get rewarded next year so she comes back on fire and and wants to do too much and it it'll alienate some people Uh, frankly you could lose some staff by trying to do too much at once and uh, so we try we ask them to pick their top two or three ideas from the whole convention and go back and then rank those three and pick one to start implementing fairly quickly Mm-hmm. and then have the second one start once the first one picks up momentum and they're kind of used to it. And that way it's a real slow thing. And actually the second and third one will feed off of the momentum of the first one. So it won't feel insurmountable and overwhelming. So, uh you know, these, these ladies, uh, they want everybody to make it next year. And one last point I'll make before I, I pass it back. Uh So many of our franchisees, Uh, only take people to convention who won awards are going to receive awards there. And our mindset is we want to take everybody because when they see some of their peers up there getting awards, they absolutely want to be up there next year. So sometimes they go back more fired up to start improving on things than the ones that won the awards this year. I think that's a really
3: good point. It it, it puts
0: like a fire in your belly. Like,
3: I want that. I really yeah. need that next year. So what can I do to get that? Well, and what about,
5: um, I think a lot of people also overlook the power of networking. So, Jerry, from your perspective first, can you tell me what you think some of the big benefits are that owners who go there? Obviously, we talk about your you, you may be in the your business alone, but you're not in it completely alone I've slaughtered that whole you know
0: <laughs> <That's what laughs> he knows I mean. what you mean <laughs> <laughs> our <laughs> listeners may not but I know what you yeah, mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. you're in business for yourself but not by yourself thank you
5: Absolutely. thank you thank
0: you and so, so the networking yeah, yeah it's huge because especially in the era we live in right now right there's there's issues with staffing there's issues with supply chain, there's issues finding good real estate, there's just, right now there's um, extra work that has to be done, and let me tell you a story about us, we've got uh, staffing issues across our two states, our 36 salons, and uh, some days you feel like it's, it's a little overwhelming, and then you go to something like that, and as you're talking to other successful franchisees, you realize they're all fighting exactly the same battle, and so you know, first off, you feel a little more comfortable in your own skin knowing that it, that it you don't suck, right? It's not yeah. you. It's not your organization. It's the world. Uh, secondly, you go start sharing ideas about what you're doing to change that metric and, and get more comfortable. And, you know, we think we've got some great ideas that we're in the process of implementing. Uh, but then you come back, just like our manager said, you come back with a book full of new ideas that sound great from other people. And then you got to rank them and start implementing them and so on. But you literally can, you, you have a brain trust that is monstrous when you're part of a franchise system yes. that you don't have in other ways. So I think the networking, you know, right now we can call anybody today. I can text somebody right now while I'm still on this call and get an answer to a question that you can't get if you're not part of a franchise system. You
5: know, yeah. I think Okay, oh, I was, I was yeah. just going to say, sometimes I think it's better to get, an answer from a fellow owner who's living it every single day than to call the corporate office and think you're going to get the right answer. Not that they don't want to give you the right answer, but they're not living and breathing it every day. I'm sorry, Karen, please go.
3: No, no, totally, totally agree. But, you know, I, I was also going to talk about too where you know, here you were talking about just the whole networking piece and the ideas. And then I also think what conventions do is, and that's why I do love also bringing everyone because they see they're part of something bigger yeah. They, they, you know, because you know we're small businesses, and so the great thing about franchising is it's like you know it's almost like you've got the local touch, you've got that small business feel, and you're part of this greater this greater entity, and yeah. and they it helps them become more connected with that too, and I think that's also a great part about you know about conventions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, Karen, was well, there I,
5: anything? Oh, go ahead,
0: hun. I was going to say, I I would add, uh, you know, this is related to what I said, but also tying into what Karen said. uh, The same thing goes for our staff. Our staff is under more pressure now than they've ever been because of staffing issues. They're trying to do 30% more work than they ever have in their life. It leads to burnout and all kinds of other things. But then they go and they sit at that convention with their peers. And they hear, first off, that everybody's living that life. Yes, we're burnt out, but hang in there, it's going to get better, we've seen this kind of stuff, we're here for you, and they start start sharing the same kinds of ideas amongst themselves at their level for things they can do, you know, to to lower burnout rates, uh, to help maybe even recruit extra people or something like that, even scheduling things, so there's there's a lot of value for every level when you go to one of those conventions.
5: I know there are a couple of things that I wound up sharing with the group while I was there, because I was quite shocked, you know, um, as a franchise grows from, or evolves, I'll call it, in, in our case, it went from a kind of a family-size type feel of an environment to a big, big corporate, right? We have 30 brands under the same umbrella now. Um, and, you know, some people are, are not necessarily as content as they were when it was a smaller brand. And we started talking briefly about the FAST Act, right? And there were only a few of us in the room, believe it or not, who understood the FAST Act and what impact it has out in California. So, of course, the California owners knew and so I had to encourage everybody, I said, listen, you know, there's a lot going on out there that affects small business and we encourage them, go out there and get involved with the IFA. There were so many franchise owners that didn't know about IFA and they didn't know about how, you know, the elections that are up and coming can impact small business. And so I said, Listen, I don't I don't care what color you are, you can be purple, green, yellow, red, blue, doesn't matter, but just know what you're know what you're involved in because a lot of this stuff affects small business. And it's just, I think, part of being a small business owner, even if you're not in it by yourself, <laughs> um, sometimes we get in these, we kind of get tunnel vision and we forget how some of the outside stuff affects our little businesses, Absolutely. you know. And
3: so I think that's really important. Absolutely. And we'll we become so small like that, you know, because we're working so much in our business. We yes. do have to take a step back and say okay how are how how are we connected and, and to know what's to know what's going on so before then you just kind of hit with something before you even know it. yeah,
0: well, yeah, and that's why it's up to all of us to continue as you did at your convention, Kristen, to uh, continue to spread the word and ask questions. you know how how much do you know about the Fast act? Do you know anything about it? Do you understand that it's going to gravitate beyond fast food and into every franchise business? As you know, I'll share with the audience, I served on a national uh, roundtable today as a speaker for uh, uh, the National Labor Relations Board, is uh, putting together a new rule about uh, joint employer, which literally would mean that potentially, potentially, uh, as a franchisee, I might have to turn over direction of my staff to the corporate group. Not, I would no longer control them. And that... That entails everything to do with that person, scheduling, hiring, firing, you know, holding accountable the whole ball of wax. Yeah. And so if, if you don't get involved, uh, and conventions are a great way to learn about this, whether it's for just your brand or IFA or some combination, but you got to stay on top of this stuff because there are lots of things going on in particular in D.C. and the state capitals that yeah. will dramatically impact your business. And like right now, there is a uh, about a two-week time frame when you can send in comments, you can read what go, what's going on on this new ruling and you can send in comments on it. And the, of course, the majority of the comments that are coming in are gonna help drive what direction that rule goes. So, right. it, you know, it was interesting when I was on the call because it wasn't just franchisees uh, or franchisors, it was contractors and gig, uh, you know, people that do gig work and people that use subcontractors. I mean, a huge range. And again, right. That's, that's what conventions do for you.
5: Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, in something like that, it, it, it's so easy to forget about it and not think about it, but it has such huge, huge impacts.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, circling back to just kind of round out from my perspective, you know, your brand's conventions uh, are a chance to, you know, get some education. Uh, on new things they're coming out with or things they're thinking about doing or you know what's the next remodel of your salon clinic restaurant going to look like so you get a chance to pitch in on that you get to meet the corporate people and spend time with them so whether you have a question or an issue or or something like that you have kind of a friend on the other end of that call not just somebody you're calling out that you know, right. is going to hold you accountable, maybe. So the, the, you know, between the networking and the education, having some great speakers and being introduced to new ideas, uh, it, it is just the the money you spend is pennies compared to the value you're going to get back.
5: Absolutely. We always talk about making sure. Um, one of the things that we do here with um, some of our mentorship, right, is uh, is making sure that we help people give back to themselves because not always do you remember to invest in yourself. And I think that one thing we forget about is really going to these conventions is is giving back to ourselves, right? It's making sure that we sharpen the saw as they say, right, Karen? And absolutely
3: stay plugged absolutely.
5: in. So I hope you are both as excited and energized after your um, conventions as I am after ours. And um, I thank you both for sharing your thoughts. And I know that in the weeks, Coming up, we'll have a lot more topics to cover um, that we've all encountered at our conventions because I know I just you know, like six pages of notes of things to discuss and people to have on the show and all these different things. So
3: I know I'm not the only one who did that. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's a good example. Just one last thing. It's a great example for our teams. When you were talking about that, Chris, and even about learning and investing in ourselves and, you know, we, we, we set the tone for the culture. We set yep. the for our groups. For example.
5: Yep. And anybody out there who's thinking about getting into franchising, I mean, this is a, this is a direct comment to you all. You know, don't think that you're going to buy a business and then you have no
2: obligation
5: to continue the journey of, um, you know, training and developing not only yourself, but also those who work for you. So uh, I
2: certainly
4: hope
5: that this segment's been helpful to all of you out there.
4: I am Elizabeth Denham, the Chief Content Officer for Pillars of Franchising, and I'm telling you that um, because I am always looking for people with a great story in the franchising space. If you have a great story that you would like to share either in the magazine or on the show, you can fill out our contact form on pillarsoffranchising.com. Also, while you're there, be sure to subscribe to the magazine. Um, You can choose all of the services that you might be interested in if you're looking to buy a franchise, sell a franchise, become a franchise. If you need mentorship, and if you need to get the word out about your business, we have a lot of uh, variety of sponsorships for you. So be sure to visit our website, like, subscribe, and share this show. And we appreciate every comment and every engagement that you offer. Um, So be sure to visit our website at pillarsoffranchising.com.
5: And we'd like to thank you all for joining us on the show today with our guest, Vincent Janata of Fred Zeppelin. Please be sure to like, share, and comment on this episode, as well as any other that you happen to like. Thank you to Jerry Akers, uh, excuse me, our million-dollar mentor. Thank you to Karen kinsey Sword, our leadership guru, Laura Liss, our franchise attorney, Fred McMurray, and Elizabeth Denham, our producers. I am Kristen Shelmette, your franchise consultant. And together, we are your resource for franchising success this is then another episode of franchise of pillars of franchising excuse me and the dream
2: starts here <laughs>